Hello, my name is Monica Matea. I'm your host in the Awaken Light Project podcast. I help women to step into their power and brilliance so that they can live the life they fully deserve with confidence and alignment. In this podcast, I share tips around how you can transform your health, career, relationships and wealth so that you can take actions every day. Hello, hello, and welcome into the next episode of my podcast. And maybe today the sound, the quality of the sound may not be the best because I'm recording out of a different location. I wanted to record this because I uh, I want to capture the uh, thoughts, experiences I'm going through so I can give you a good account of it and hopefully help you on your journey. So today's episode is about your mind in grief. And I have been talking about grief for a while now, but I think it's an important thing because we all experience grief, um, which is understood not only as something um, because we miss the loss of a person, but also any other things we potentially uh, lost in our lives and really a change. And over the last few days, we have been experiencing the level of sadness and mourning uh, not ever seen, at least not experienced in a way I've ever done before because of the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. It is now all behind us um, because obviously uh, she is now in her grave, resting in peace. And the state funeral was something that probably would never, ever happen again. But a lot of people, although maybe not being for monarchy or royalist or think believing that it has any thing, any place in a current modern society because it's built, you know, really based on the values where uh, you are somehow privileged and entitled to what you have. But for a lot of people, Queen Elizabeth has been a symbol for so, so many years. And indeed she was. She was a symbol of um, certain values and it was constant, right? So we've been always uh, thinking about her as a queen of uh, United Kingdom, but also of the Commonwealth, probably less so uh, for me anyway, but that who she was. And actually, we don't really know about a lot of her interests. Yes, she loved dogs, corgis and, and horses, and maybe she had a good laugh at certain events, but we don't really know much about her. So she basically lived as a symbol and she died as a symbol. And she's always become, she's always been that and will be as a symbol of certain era in the country. Now the question is, what next? So this is where I'm coming because there is a bit of like a lot of people experience that sadness because they know that something is finishing and it will never go back. And we don't know what is coming. So this is a big, big change. So a lot of people experience this and, and a lot of people were surprised like, uh, I didn't know her, it's like personally, like there isn't, you know, um, anything 
about that that I should be grieving for, be sad about, but still people were. And for me, and I will explain what it is, but for a lot of people, it was not only the symbol of the country of certain values, very constant, but also it was the symbol of certain experiences from a lot of people. It could be grief for lost uh, people in their life, family members, who especially they couldn't say goodbye during pandemic, maybe. Um, so I think through her death and then funeral, we basically were remembering a lot of our own family members, our mums, our grandmothers, um, and any other family members. And that's why it was so, so sad for a lot of people, because we do have that in our life. And of course, we have been bombarded on the TV with a lot of, of memories with Queen, like um, particularly touching was, you know, her as a younger uh, lady enjoying her life, her life with the Duke and her, her husband, the love of her life, of her life. So something that, um, you know, you can totally relate her to, is relatable in a way that, uh, you know, we all, a lot of us have that in our lives as well. And of course, I've, I was seeing her as a la young lady enjoying her life, enjoying her service in military, her journeys and, and travels, and of course, a, a deep, deep service um, and commitment to the country. And, uh, and that was something that I know that it will never, ever return. And I was looking at that as just so, so many memories. She has lived for 96 years, and uh, she definitely um, left a lot of a, a big mark on the British history, but not only that, on the global history. Now, our mind in grief is something interesting. So a lot of people felt the sadness, right? And people would say, where did that come from? I didn't know her, why it is really. But there are some probably unaddressed emotions in our body and our mind where we're seeing that and something that is gonna be lost we're not gonna see it anymore our kind of mind opens up different kind of uh, thoughts um, and processes in our brain potentially unprocessed something that uh, we have not been thinking about because we really don't have time or something that we commemorate um, again and again and Personally, it has been a very difficult journey for me. My dad unfortunately passed away on Sunday, 18th of September. So I've been living this grief, like realistically. I've been grieving somebody so dear to me, a parent, right? I don't have any parents left anymore, uh, apart from my um, parents-in-law, which I'm ever so grateful for them. But uh, my own parents are not with me anymore. And it is very, very sad. And it's a lot of emotions related to that. So my dad died on Sunday. I had to travel on Monday, which was the state funeral. So as you can imagine, the mood was absolutely somber. I was watching this a little bit on my phone. 
But what I've experienced at the airport was this two minute silence uh, in memory of the Queen. And I was thinking like, my goodness, I'm putting my own personal intention here because it's two minutes silence also for my dad, right? Because I'm going and flying to say final goodbye. And it was, and it still is, a very, very emotional uh, event for me. But in a sense, um, what I was watching, the whole world grieving and obviously royal family grieving as well. And I could so relate to them, so relate to the loss of their beloved mother, but also somehow thinking, oh, thank God for that, that it's happened in this moment. It looks very surreal, but it was like a, a world experiencing that big, deep sadness of something that has been lost. And it's very difficult to find joy in that moment because it's time, obviously, to put the memory in it, to live and experience probably some of the most difficult emotions we ever have to live through because um, it's something that, you know, will never going to be returned or to us and we're not never going to have it again. So the mind really, what is happening, you have a lot of thoughts in your mind. And I have been having a lot of thoughts, especially related to the past. And your mind is also focusing on something that I think somebody mentioned that we felt the sadness because what our brain was doing was catching those moments of the loss, but also something that potentially have not been yet finished, but we won't be able to finish anymore. And something that was in the past and we wanted it to be different, but it's impossible this to be different because it's now lost. So in terms of myself and my and the situation with my dad, it was really the same. So I was grieving and I was really, and I'm still about the, all the past moments where I feel like I could have done this. I could have called more often. I could have come more often. I don't live with where my dad lives. I had to. I live in a completely different place, so it takes a while for me to get here. I could have done this. I could have, you know, invited him. One particular thought I had in my mind, although I have done thousand other things for him. I was caring for him, uh, looking after him so that he if he's fed. He's. Um, cared for and everything. I use my essential oils with him. He absolutely loved the smells, but your brain catches you on that one thing you have not done. And for me was maybe I should have not said that, or I should have not, um, I should have not, um, I don't know, did do that. Or uh, he was asking for one particular dessert. He had Others, yeah, but in the meantime, he was asking for the one that one particular dessert, which I basically didn't have time to give him. And I feel to this moment, why or why I haven't done for him. I've done all the other things, but not that one. And also, you know, in the grief moment, uh, that but sadness, basically we realize that we're not going to build any more memories with that person or that event or that thing because they've gone, right? Um, it's not going to happen anymore. So it's that kind of a, a, a personal sense of loss that uh, it's not going to be there in the future. And it's very difficult to find the moments of even gratitude and joy. My dad died peacefully. 
with all of the things and all of his sickness and illness, he died in a clean bed, surrounded by really good people and and in very peace and quiet of his own room. Um, obviously, he was in the care home, but he had peace and quiet. And we never thought that he... We we thought he we will see him in a month because last time when he went there he was just uh, they really look after him and he had a, a lot of physiotherapy so he managed to get up and I actually took him in the car back home and I was thinking it's gonna happen the same but it wasn't he was a slow decline basically his body says no he has he still had your his mind sharp he still was a little bit of joking joking with the staff. Uh, but he refused drinks and, and food and really didn't want that anymore. Uh, so, But at the end of the day, I'm so happy that with all his um, illness that he wasn't taken to hospital, they didn't try to rescue him because unfortunately the prognosis wasn't good. It takes away probably the things like why. Sometimes we ask ourselves in the situation and our brain focuses why. We want the reason for why did it happen. And to a certain extent, it happens for me as well because it's basically about why did it have to happen, why he didn't tell me about it, that he was struggling also not only physically but mentally with, with his body giving up. I think it must have been a massive cost to him that he was quite able to do things, but slowly his body was giving up. Um, and then mentally and emotionally, he was very kind of detached person. He wasn't very, I think every single really difficult emotion costed him a lot of energy and he didn't want that. And that's one of the things that because I'm going quite consciously and well through the, through the grief, because I can totally address um, you know, difficult emotions. They are not stuck in my body. I feel at peace. I feel um, the way I've organized all of that in a very sensible way that is good for my family and myself. Yes, I'm all alone sitting in an empty house when my, uh, where uh, my father was uh, living for the last, I think now, I don't know, 15 years. And there are so many photographs and memories around me that it is hard, especially in the evenings and nights when I wake up and, and, and think about it. But still, I'm able to go through this. And you know what? I needed this. If I had a lot of people, and I know they are there, they are waiting for my call, they are there to support me, they are there to help me to go through it. And I totally appreciate that. And I think what I appreciate the most is that they are there, but they don't necessarily are in my, like with me all the time. I need this time to process all of that. And I did it on my own. It's difficult like hell because it's good to have a supportive family. And I will be joined by my family on Friday. But I think um, to a certain degree, it makes me more resilient and stronger uh, somehow, you know, people want to uh, obviously give you a lot of, maybe not a lot, but some advice. They want obviously to, to give some words of kind of joy, like, oh, he didn't suffer for too long or you expected that. Nevertheless, it's always difficult. And I think 
it's the same like with Queen. Everyone knew that she is fragile, that is 96 and she can die really, really soon. But no one was really, sh but everyone was shocked about it. Like no more Queen. But we knew about it somewhere that she's going to die. And she had a beautiful life. 96 years, she lived through so many presidents, events. Like she, she was just the constant, but still so much grief and sadness that it has all come to an end. Uh, but her life was beautiful so and it's still a lot of sadness right so of course those words are important but it doesn't diminish it doesn't make your grief or sadness lower because or less because you should have prepared for it or expected it I guess to a certain point I could say that my nervous system subconsciously subconsciously is prepared for it since June because my father was so ill that I didn't even know that he would make it. Uh, that's what they told me in the hospital. So I was crying my eyes out. And I think that was probably one of the worst moments. Now, of course, it's bad. It's difficult. It's sad. And, and now it's really reality. But somehow my nervous system learned that it might actually happen it doesn't make it less so. I doesn't. It doesn't feel relief or thinking. Oh my goodness, um, that's okay now. Absolutely not. It's still a shock. It's still disbelief. It just still is like this person's not gonna be with me in here anymore. And thoughts like that will create that massive sadness and tears. And I think when you go through it, you should be crying. You should take your emotions out of your body. And B, that's why I needed this time on my own, because I can cry <laughs> my heart out in here in the empty house uh, and nobody has to watch it. And I, I feel so privileged that I can do it in private, whereas the royal family had to do it in public. Right. And um, and I, I just basically totally appreciate the moment of privacy I have to go through this on my own cry my eyes out, think about what I really want to say, how I want to experience it, to reflect, to maybe look at some old photographs and just get this out of my body. I don't want this, the grief, the sadness sitting in my body because I'm a very positive person. And in the moments of grief, um, I think the other thing is like we have a little bit, not a lot of ability to look into the future. It's just blocked, basically. I've tried. I've tried, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go some holidays and I'm going to go and, and obviously put a lot of effort in my business. Somehow this is all blocked and I know that I have to give it a time. I can't just push it. I'm looking forward to certain things, but the joy of that is not there yet. And I think um, you have to give yourself the time. It's uh, Some people throw themselves into planning and working and just taking their minds off. And this is what I did when my mom died. I don't want that that way because I know it's going to come back and haunt me in the future. I want to close this chapter as much as I can, obviously remembering my dad and my, my parents overall and really being grateful for what they gave me. They gave me so much that, that I want to appreciate that. And it's tough. It's difficult. I want to say so many different things to them, but um, 
I hope that they can see me. They may see, they see me that I'm grieving, but I'm happy. Um, that I have a beautiful daughter and that she's so happy as well. And I have a, a very good supportive husband. And together we create a very, very stable and a very strong family. And, um, and you know, we address the problems together and also building our emotional resilience together through the times like that. So your mind in grief needs time for sure, but also a conscious work. So what I have been using is meditation and there is um, the whole kind of set of lessons on grief through the Calm app. That application, I don't use a lot of app like that because I feel like we lose our intuition if we're just losing too many um, technological devices. But that app has helped me so much through all sorts of different experiences in my life. So I highly recommend the Calm app. Um, and there is the, the lessons on grief, um, certain questions you ask yourself, meditations, how we can experience it and feel it. But you have to make it your own because we all grieve in a different way. There are certain, there's the same process we go, we all go through it, but we have all different thoughts. Uh, the grief means something different to us um, and then to somebody else's, uh, somebody else. And I think it's important to acknowledge that it doesn't matter how difficult it is. And believe me, it's the work worth doing because it's not going to come back and haunt you after many years of suppressing your emotions because um, of regrets. You have not done this and that. I think it's so important to replace and reframe some of those thoughts with better thoughts, better thoughts that serve us with obviously respect because we have the right to grieve. We have the right to feel very sad and cry. And I think it's, it's something that um, a lot of people just want to suppress and say like, well, I'm, I'm strong enough. And I, I've heard so many times, Monica, you can go through it because uh, you are strong. Yeah, I am. I honestly, I believe I am. But I have been working on that for the last few years to be a strong person, to be emotionally strong person. So I don't give in into instant gratification when I'm not feeling well, like, you know, food, drinks, excessive exercise, excessive working, excessive watching things, because I want to address my raw emotions as they are. And I'm proud of it. I have achieved that really deep mastery. Am I perfect in it? Absolutely not. But the work I have done over the last few years helped me so, so, so much. So my mission for the future is to give it back, to give back my knowledge, the way I have been through this, um, because you can use it in all life experiences and circumstances so that you are not feeling overwhelmed by the thoughts, which basically are not serving you anymore. And if you are willing to do, to do that, that work, join me in my program. And I know it's a little bit of sales here, like, oh, you're selling this but I'm genuinely interested in helping you, in helping you go through, go whatever you're experiencing in your life with more open mind and eyes, uh, without the cost of hidden and suppressed emotions, which will manifest in your body sooner or later. So um, it's the program is called from uh, from triggered to activated. I'm going to run it soon. 
if you buy it you're gonna have the live version of it um so i will leave the link in the show notes thank you very much and take care